Today is uh, Vision Sunday. We do this every year at our church, and uh, we take a day where we talk about what God did, what God's doing, and what he's going to do. What I notice being on staff, I've been on staff at churches for about 22 years, been a pastor for about 20 of them. Um, what I realize is that you can go to church on Sunday every year, every week of your life for the eternity and not really know what your church does. Like if you, if you, a lot of people think that church is just Sunday morning or church is just like what we do on the weekend and like, oh, I just do this and this is what we do and this is all we say. That's not what church does. In fact, our church does so much outside of the weekend services that if I didn't tell you about it, you wouldn't know what we did. And so I take Vision Sunday to talk about what God did, what God's doing, and really what he's going to do in the future. Before I do that, I also like to tell you who we are as a church. So if you're a guest with us or you're newish to the church, this is a great weekend to be here because you're going to find out exactly what you're getting involved with, right? Like you're going to find out what's this family all about. How many of y'all ever go to like a family house for dinner and you realize, well, that's not how I do tacos or that's not what I would tell my kids or let my kids watch that TV show. Like you find out about family real quick, right? When you go into their home, well, we're going to open it up for you and tell you exactly what we do and who we are. So number one, our church is about, our mission and vision here is about reaching people and building lives. Ever say reaching people, reaching building people. lives. Now, every church in the world has a mission and vision statement, but very rare do they keep to it. For us, it's a big deal. Like, it's the North Star. It's the cornerstone. Why? Because Jesus established the vision of the church. He was the one who started the church, by the way. I didn't start the local church. This was his idea. This was his plan A. There is no plan B to reach the world. So he did that because he knew when he was going to leave, there needed to be a strategy of how to assimilate people from death to life. How do you get a large amounts of people together to meet together in the name of Jesus Christ? You start a local church. So this was Jesus' idea. And in Matthew chapter 28, he actually sets out the vision before he leaves to heaven. He says it. He says, therefore, go. Everybody say go. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say go. All right. Then he says make. Everybody say make. So he says those two words, which really we just changed the verbiage just to be a little more modern for us, but there, his go is our reach. So he said, go, reach people, get outside of your four walls. It matters that you have people who don't know Jesus that don't come to church. It matters to God, so it should matter to you. Then he says, not only you got to go reach people, then you got to make disciples. Then you got to actually build people's lives. Like it's easy sometimes to catch the fish, but then you got to start cleaning the fish. Anybody ever gone fishing before? Like it's fun to catch the fish. Excitement when you catch the fish. Fish be on the pole, shaking the pole, and you're telling everybody, come over here. We got a fish. Then the fish is in your bucket. And before you can actually do anything with the fish, you got to clean the fish. And that's a whole nother thing. We, in fact, we got three other steps inside of our church just to help clean the fish or build people's lives, help you move from death to life, not just in an instant to get to heaven one day, but to have some heaven right now. Come on, somebody say amen. So it's a big deal in our church. And what I would say might be a little unique for Rise is that we have an intentional process to actually accomplish that mission slash vision. We call it our method. It's a four-step method where we feel like everybody walks through our church, like we're unashamed about this. You need to know this. Like if you're new to our church, like we're going to try to get you through four steps. Like I'm being honest. I'm just flat out. Like, no, you know those churches, but like, no, just come and, you know, kind of hang out, you know, shake some hands, feel it out, have a donut. That ain't us. No, like you can come and hang out and shake hands and have a donut. At the same time, we trying to push you through steps. Because we believe in your potential. We believe in who are you, the person you could be, not the person that you are right now. Every one of us have to walk through these four steps. So the four-step process for us today is to know God. Number one, we want you to know God. It doesn't, all the other steps don't matter because they're all built on you having a relationship with the Lord. So if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, it matters. We want to move you from death to life. So if you don't know God today, guess what? We did church for you. We don't do church for Christian folk. We do church for people who don't like church. I know that's like odd. I'm like, what? I thought this was like a Bible-believing Jesus. We are Bible-believing, Jesus-loving. It's the only thing that matters in the world. We are about people who don't know him because when you look at Jesus' life, it seemed like that he was about people who didn't know him. In fact, he told people that. He said, I don't come for you who are healthy. I come for the people who are sick, who don't know me, who are desperately lost. I have an urgency about me. And so he was pretty straightforward about that, and so are we. So the first step is to know God. Then we want you to find family, which means we want you to get connected to somebody who doesn't know you and you don't know them. We don't want you to just come in here and have your seat. How many of y'all have a seat in this church? 
Come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. Y'all know you do. Yeah, like one spot where you found that you like, and when you walk in, somebody's sitting in your seat, get out the way, right? you be like, oh, they must not know Jesus. No, we're the church that we want somebody to sit in your seat because that means they're new. And you should be like somebody sitting in my seat. Yay, yay, yay. That's how we are. So we want you to find family. Then we want you to move to developing your purpose. Like we want you to move. Once you find your family, then you can find you develop your purpose. Then we can figure out who you are and how you are and what you were made to do and what God put inside of your life because God wants you to use your gifts to ultimately get to our fourth step, which is to make a difference. So that's who we are at our church. That's if you want to know what we are in a nutshell, that's the mini sermonette version of who Rise Church is. If you would like to be a part of us, come on. There's always room at the table. Now, why is that important? Why is that important at our church? What I've noticed I grew up in a church like this, and then, um, but I know some of you have come to churches and been to churches, and you've been to part of places where, like, you felt like all they were doing was the weekend, right? And you felt like they were always about themselves. It was inward focused. It didn't grow. It didn't change people's lives. It wasn't really life-giving. It didn't really feel like it had any life. It was actually life-taking. And just because you're a church doesn't mean God's in it. Y'all know that, right? Like, there's a difference between having an organized group set of people who come and listen to a preacher open up the Bible and read out of it, and a church that's, like, life-giving and active, and, like, when someone sings a song, you feel it. Come on. Like, there's a whole different—we call that life-giving churches. And so because our church is a life-giving church, our danger is not God not doing something here. I'm going to show you all the things that God did in just a moment. That's not our danger. Our danger is missing it, is missing all the areas that God moves, missing all the moments that God's changing, missing all the times that God does something amazing. Like, that's our danger. In fact, the Bible talks about Isaiah 43, 19 says, I'm about to do something. This is God speaking. I'm going to do something. You got to see I've already started something. Do you see it? Like, I see it. God sees it. The pastor might see it. But do you see it? We could miss out on what God's doing if we don't see it. Proverbs 29 says the same thing. It says if people can't see, everybody say see, see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. I know many churches who stumble all over themselves, not because they're not good people and not because they don't love Jesus. It's because they don't see what God is doing inside of their own church. They don't recognize they're standing in a miracle. So I'm here today to remind you that you're sitting in a miracle. You are. You don't even know. Like, we shouldn't be here. I didn't have San Antonio on the list. We didn't know we were going to come here. I didn't know anybody when I moved here. There was no idea of, like, how this thing was going to work. I didn't know. If I'm like, well, I hope it works. I guess I could go sell shoes. I don't know. <laughs> but God's doing something, and he's doing something in a unique way. I'm going to show you how he's doing it, what God did. We're going to start today with the push recap. What is God, what God did last year? Last year around this time, we were in Vision Sunday, and I introduced this idea. We were going to start a series called Push. Everybody say Push. And it's old school. This is old school. This is like if you've been around church, you've heard this before. But push was about pray until something happens. You like how we did that? That's a preacherism right there. You know what I'm saying? You just pray until we're going to push. We're going to pray until something happens. Because we recognized where we were, we were capped as a church. We kept hitting about 400, 500, then we'd back, back down. Then 400, 500, we'd come back down. And the pastor was preaching at three services, and then we were thinking about four services. I was about to die every time I came home on Sunday. And it's like, we went back up, and then we went back down. And so we realized we need it. We're capped. We need a step. We need a step. Like God is our step buying land. God is our step getting into a bigger space. God, where is our step at? So we prayed until something happened. So then in January, we got a call from from Padrati here who owns the facility and a good, great family that partners together with us. Isn't it awesome that the Padrati family lets us come in and meet here at the facility? It's awesome. We love them. And so they called us and said, hey, do you think you would want to move into the big spot? We're like, uh, yeah. And so we decided we had to work on like the map. Like, so, so our, our, our idea of where you're sitting in, you drive in that main entrance and you used to drive in and turn left. How many of y'all here when you drove in and you turned left? Anybody remember that? Okay. So some of y'all are new. So we used to have to drive and turn left to the broke mill and this facility was 12,500 square feet. In fact, only 7,500 square feet of that was the auditorium space to use for adults. So it was about here, this section. 
And then we had 5,000 square feet for the kids. And so we did everything we could. We maximized our potential in that space. We did everything. We added services, moved stuff around. We added chairs. People were standing on top of each other. We just realized we're capped. We're in that space. And so he said, you want to come out of this big spot? And he said, we'll give you this spot over here, 21,900 square feet in the Lone Oak where you guys are sitting in. And the kids will be in the corral. And who knows, we might be in the other one pretty soon. And so you're like, we're, man, we have opportunity and growth to grow. And so we're like excited. And so God did something. We prayed. Come on. How many of y'all remember that? We prayed at 12 o'clock noon for 12 minutes for God to do something, for him to show up where we find like there's, we've had real estate agents looking. We were looking everywhere. There were no debt. We were dead end for a year. Didn't know what we were doing. And then one day, come on. We get the phone call. That's encouragement for you because you right now are looking at a dead end road in your situation. If you just keep praying until something happens, it takes one phone call for God to change your whole life. He can do it. For, he did it for us. He can do it for you. If that's worth the price of admission for today, isn't it? To know, man, if he did it for that crazy preacher, he certainly could do it for us. And so God showed up and he did amazing things. And the church grew about 200 people in two weeks. Went from three services to two services. Bless God. I'm so happy. Man of God had me just passed out on Sunday afternoon. Just messed up. But how many of y'all know when God offers an opportunity, it's not just an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for sacrifice. And our church sacrificed. And we allocated $155,000 of your vision giving to move into this place. That's how much it costs to move over here. Some of y'all are like, well, I thought you just moved over. We just walked over. We didn't just walk over. Our church does nothing without intentionality. We had to double our apartment drip. We had to double our kids' space and our kids' carts. We had to double our, our, our setup and teardown systems. We had to double our sound and our audio. How many of y'all know, it's like none of these speakers that you enjoy and love and all the lights and the LED screens. I wish it was cheap, but it ain't. You, mean, you want to know what's really expensive? Parking cones. You want to get rich? Start a parking cone business. They, I don't know who, I'm just telling you, it costs a lot of money. So we invested $155,000 of your giving through our vision fund in order for us to move over here. Don't tell me your giving and your sacrifice doesn't make sense. When we moved over here, boom, lid comes off, lives get changed. People start moving, families get restored, health gets restored, light, sight starts to get uh, restored so they can see where they're trying to go. They can see potential. God's moving in our church. You're in a miracle. Because we gave and we sacrificed and God did amazing things. Now, what is God doing? This is, my, this is fun. I can tell you what God's doing now since we moved into the building. What's God doing? God's doing amazing things. I'm going to give you a little bit of a, some stats, some graphs, and give you an idea of what God's doing right now. Rise Church at a glance a little bit. Let me just talk to you about our attendance because numbers are important. And anytime somebody comes up to me and we're like, well, Pastor, you know, it's not always about the numbers with God. I'm all, uh, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Go read the Bible. There's a whole book called Numbers, just so you know. <laughs> like, you don't read your book. You don't read your Bible. You don't care about nobody. Like, anybody ever says that to you, be like, out, demon spirits, that ain't of God. It matters. Numbers matter. You want to know why numbers matter? Because every number means a soul. And souls matter to God. I don't do this to make like to become a better public speaker. Right? Like we don't come set up and tear down so that you guys can be like, wow, that's like amazing cloth. Like how they have black cloth. It's amazing. Like, we know we're not impressing you with our facility and how we set things up. We do it so we can move people from dark to light, from death to life. We move you from not knowing Jesus to knowing the real Jesus who actually matters. So numbers matter. I'm going to tell you about the numbers. This is why it's important. So this year, our church, on average, in our attendance, I wanted to kind of give you a graph on how we've grown over the years. So 2018, we launched with 300 and I think it was like 60-something people. So then we bottomed out because that's what you do. You launch with a big number, and then you kind of bottom out to like halfway. So we got up to like 202. So there was like 202, and I'm like, oh, Lord, if we keep going down, I don't know what's going to happen. I've only worked in ministry. I don't really know anything else, so please show up, Lord, <laughs> slash people come back. And so... God moved. It was amazing. We had one of the highest growth attendance in the history of church planting. It was amazing. So it grew and got into 2019 and 440. And then 2020, you think like, if you looked at our graphic, you'd be like, what happened? Like the pastor say something crazy, like something just do. Y'all remember 2020, right? 
Yeah, something happened in 2020, COVID. And so uh, we shut the doors of our church. I'm like, the history of church ever had to cancel 300, about three months. And so, you know, our attendance dipped and went down. And then people started to slowly come back. And so we averaged about 275, which is still amazing because that's bigger than 95% of the churches in America, by the way, just so you all know. I'm a church junkie, so I know these numbers. Some of y'all don't know. Like, wow, that's crazy. So still had that. And then 2021, God blessed us again, came to 411, then 552 last year. This year, average attendance, 640 people come to our church every weekend on average. That means we jump in the sevens, we have five days. It's amazing. That's amazing. Which, by the way, statistics say 90% of the churches are in decline or closing right now. It's amazing. You're sitting in a miracle. This is not because I'm a good preacher. This is because God has a plan for this church. So like you're sitting in a miracle. God's doing amazing things. Not only that, we had 363 first time brand new guests came just this year. Just this year that you've told us about. Because some of y'all don't tell us you come, so you don't like fill out a form or anything like that. And so you sneak in, you sneak out. Don't do that. By the way, don't, at least don't do that here. We give you stuff. Just... <laughs> Just because you're a first-time guest. Let me tell you one of the cool things we do for first-time guests. This is cool. Because some of y'all are going to judge us for this, and I don't care because it's cool. So um, we gave this year 164 cookie packages were delivered to first-time guest families, okay? So, so, so you're like, who cares about that? What does that have to do with God? Um, everything. So what we tend to hear is, hey, why, I always ask, why do you come back? Like, why did you come back? What I tend to hear is, you, we come back because you asked us to, because you said three times. Everybody say three times? Yeah. Somebody asked me, like, why do you say that? I'm like, I don't know. I just started saying it, and I can't stop saying it. But you come back. And, um, but you know the second most talked about thing we hear? You sent us cookies. Did you know? In fact, they come up to me. They're like, did you know you sent us cookies? They were warm. They were there when we got home from church. We didn't know if we were coming back, but we know we're coming back now. We get social media posts about it. It's the best thing. I'll show you one of them. It's really cool. We, uh, this was one that said, the root meaning of church is not that of a building, but of people. The church is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is made up of all believers in Jesus Christ. Sweet surprise. Blue emoji heart from Rise Church. Pastor Aaron, Erica, and the Grava Boys, thank you kindly for this welcoming message. When people feel like they're loved, their defenses go down. When their defenses go down, they're open to Jesus. Because the last time that I heard, they don't need another preacher. They don't need more information. They need an impartation. They need a transformation. And that stuff happens in local church. So, yeah. Anyway, so it's amazing. I love that. How cool is that? Decisions. We are here at Rise Church. You know, one of the, my win on the weekend. Here's my win. I want you to enter into a relationship with Jesus. If you're already in a relationship with Jesus, I want you to rededicate your life to Jesus. Because what I know, notice about when you give your life to God, you don't get beamed up to heaven. Since you don't get beamed up to heaven, you have to stay here, which means I have to be saved here, and I have to make a decision of that every day. I got to wake up and say, Lord, I'm going to live for you. I'm not going to live for my body. I'm not going to live for my money. I'm not going to live for my friends. I'm not going to live for social media. I'm not going to live for likes. I'm going to live for you. And some of us need to rededicate our life. And so we do that every year, every weekend here at the church. And so our decision numbers have been great. We had 441 in 20... 19, we had 140 in 2020, we had 297, 21, 398, and then last year, this year alone, we've had 509, we're not even done with this year. Isn't that amazing to see how many, those are all people who gave their life to Jesus, rededicate their life, they're moving from death to life, come on somebody, that's a good amen. Baptisms. Baptisms is a great indication of what your church is doing on a regular basis. It's great to see people moving and making a public declaration of their faith. And uh, this year we had 54 people give their, uh, not just give their life to Christ, but get baptized, take a profession of faith, the public profession of faith. God, I'm living for you. And it's amazing. Dedications. We dedicate children here. So um, if you're Catholic or you come from like a Lutheran, some of those uh, high, high church backgrounds where they maybe baptize or they kind of Christian kids, we're, I mean, we're not against that or anything like that, but we don't see that in the Bible. So what we see in the Bible is dedication of children. So we do that. Jesus was dedicated to the temple. So we have you come up with your family and y'all get dressed up. We take pictures and I pray over them. They get a gift. And so we do that for all of our families. We call it parent-child dedication here at Rise. And so we had 22 of those happen just this year. We don't do them every weekend. We do them quarterly. So that's a 
good number for our church size. That means, hey, guess what that means? That means we're having new families or new babies that are coming into the kingdom. It's a great way to grow the church. I'm like, just have more babies. It's awesome. I got 10. It's great. A lot. Well, I don't got 10, but I got five. Feels like 10, 20. Next step. So we have a steps ministry here at our church. Um, for those of you who don't know, again, we're trying to get you from one step to the next step to the next step. Steps ministry comprises of next steps, lead steps, and faith steps. Next steps is your next step outside of the weekend. If you want to get involved here at the church, you want to learn about who we are here at the church, your job is to go to next steps. Well, I was thinking about singing. Next steps. Well, I wanted to get into the sound booth. Next steps. Well, I want to go serve with kids. Next steps. Well, I want to go into the parking. Next steps. Well, I want to be an usher. Next steps. Next steps. It's all next steps. So like you don't have to come ask a pastor or a leader. Hey, how do I do something around here? Next steps. That's how you get in. It's a two-part class that happens every month. And we had 149 people walk through our next steps class this week. And that's amazing just to see God do. That's people getting inside of our church on the weekend. In fact, it takes a couple hundred people every weekend to come set up and do church for you. So we had people join the team. It was amazing. Lead Steps, this is a great opportunity for you to grow in your leadership. If you want to lead a group here or if you want to lead a team, uh, be a team leader or coordinator or director, you got to go through Lead Steps. And so we had people go through that. And we teach um, our values here. And it's, uh, we had 31 people go through our Lead Steps uh, attendees here. And it was amazing. We had our Faith Steps, which is an amazing class, which, by the way, it's taught by our executive pastor, Pastor Jason Martin, who I believe is a college uh, Bible college professor in his heart, and he's the, one of the wisest men that I know. He teaches this class, and every person that's gone through our Faith Steps class, really, it's, a, it's an eight-week class, I believe, to actually grow you in your faith. Learn about the Bible. Learn about the Holy Spirit. Learn about church. Learn about, you know, uh, sanctification and holiness and all. Like, you get to learn about church. In fact, I have people who come up to me like, well, man, you know, I've already been to church for a long time, been saved since Moses, so, like, it's all good. I don't really need that class. Actually, you need that class the most, because many of us learn bad theology from hurt, broken pastors or broken churches who try to tell you on the name of God what something was. And so he opens the Bible and shares it with you and teaches it to you. It's amazing. And we had um, 49 people get through that just this year. And we started it last week. This is our second class. We've had it 19 was last year, 49 this year. It's amazing. It's going to grow even bigger after that. Groups, groups. Groups is amazing. We have uh, groups here, small groups where we meet in houses um, outside of our four walls on the weekends. We get together and get connected. And so some people do sermon-based groups. Some people do activity-based groups. Some people do food-based groups, which those are the groups I like to be a part of. And, uh, and so they, they get together and they meet and they connect and they learn how to meet somebody who's not them and has never met them before. And they get connected. Because let me just tell you, it's great to be anonymous in a church until you need to help or you want to grow. When you need help, when you're in the hospital and you've never met anybody, you don't have a group to call, that's a very lonely feeling. When you want to grow and you want to get to your next step and you don't have anybody to call, that's a very lonely feeling. You are only as lonely as you want to be at this church, let me just tell you. Because if you want to have a friend, show yourself friendly, you'll have 20 of them overnight. We're almost too friendly if there is such a thing. And I'm telling you, you're one step away from the best days of your life getting inside of a small group. And we had 363 people join them this year. Isn't that awesome? God's just doing some amazing, amazing things. So those are for some of you who are stats people. My favorite topic here is, this, is care. I was teaching a, a group of young church planners. And they asked me, they said, hey, your church has been doing great. Rise has been amazing. What would you say is the secret sauce? And I said, this might sound crazy. When you plant your church, groundbreaking, I know, get ready. Act like a church. Like a real church. Like the ecclesia that you see in the Bible where you actually care about people. And they're like, well, like, well, what do you do? I'm like, I stand in the lobby. You would be surprised how many pastors don't. I shake hands. I look at their eyes. We hug people. We welcome them with an actual normal smile, not a God bless you, brother. <laughs> brother, what are you talking about? Come on, you're right? 
Like you can walk into a place and not be okay. And know that the people around you are going to care for you and help you in. And so our church, your church, this is important because you can come here forever and not know all the things that your church does. We do pastoral counseling, which means you set up an appointment, you come to our office, we counsel you. It's short term. We're an ER. We're a triage. We're not trained, professionally licensed counselors, which means you get a couple of them, and then we move you to the professionals. We bandage you up. We help you stop bleeding, and we get you to long-term care. And then you know what's really cool about our church? And from case-to-case basis, sometimes you can't afford We help you get started. Like, I care about it enough. I care about you enough. We do pre-marriage counseling. So before you get married here, you got to go through pre-marriage counseling because the best counseling you're probably ever going to do is figure out if you really want to get married to that person. So we make you think about things other than, is she hot? And does he have money? How about, do you like each other, right? Like, what happens when she takes the makeup off? What happens when he talks ugly to you, right? We talk about that stuff. We get deep. So we do that. We establish meal trains. We do housewarming gifts. We do new baby gifts. We've been doing a lot of those lately. I'm like, bless God, we got babies around here. That's awesome. Be fruitful, multiply. That's Jesus. Sick sick meals and care. If you get sick at our church, I know this sounds weird, but you know my heart. You want to get sick at our church. You want us to find out about it. We find out about it, you're going to get overwhelmed. I'm just telling you. Like people come to our church, they're like not even at our church. They get sick. They get blessed by the church. They come up to me and be like, you don't even know what? Oh, oh my gosh. Like We had this and this and this. How could we not come and be a part of this church? We got to do that for someone else. That's the win. So we sick meals and care and hospital visits and benevolence. By the way, our church offers benevolence. Just so you know. Churches are the most exploited nonprofits for benevolence. I know this sounds weird, but there are people who take advantage of churches. They'll call, they'll Google churches in their area and go down the list. Back it was the Yellow Pages. Remember they used to buy the Yellow Pages? Whatever happened to Yellow Pages? That's quick. They died with Blockbuster. So Yellow Pages. <laughs> but you used to just go down the list, and they would go down the list and ask for money. And so our church, you know, every church has an opportunity to serve people who are really in need. So we have a process that if you need, need like, you know, help with your, your rent or your, your utilities or something like that, we have a process that goes through it. It's, I have nothing to do with it, so you, you can call and yell at me, but I have nothing to do with it. So it's not personal. They go down the list. You fill out a form. We walk through it with staff members. They have a certain criteria of how they work it, and we take care of many people through benevolence. We care for people at our church. And we do it well. We cared for this last year, 250 people in our church. We offered care. That, uh, uh, we, we gave a rough number. This is a rough number. It's probably more. We put $11,000 of care into our church alone this year. That's amazing. I guess it's amazing. We do it because you give. Now, family ministries. This gets my favorite. Now, I'm from family ministries. I used to be old school youth pastor. Can somebody tell? Right? I got energy for days. You had to have energy to talk to kids. Talking to y'all is easy. Well, ish. Uh, it's, it's easy. <laughs> talking to teenagers, that's hard. They be making out over here. This dude's asleep. That guy back there just mad. There's fights over in the corner. He's yelling at me. That dude's on TikTok. It's all bad. It's hard. But I love youth ministry and I love kids. Kids ministry is the biggest deal here. We families are about, we are about families. This year, we had an average attendance of 107 kids come to our church on a regular basis. Yeah, that's a lot. 107 kids come on the weekend and go out there. That's your kids that we take care of and we serve and love and pastor and teach them about Jesus and the body of Christ. We love on them on a regular basis. This year, we did something really cool. It's our second year of VBS. We call it Vacation Bible School. Now, I didn't grow up in VBS. Uh, how many of y'all know what VBS is? Come on, all my old school Baptist people flow. All right, y'all know. That's a Baptist. They invented VBS, so I didn't know what it was about. They brought it to me, and I'm like, man, God, I'm Pentecostal. I'm like, I don't know what this VBS is. They said, don't worry, Pastor. Trust me. It's going to be a blessing. So we did this VBS thing last year, and everybody showed up. People showed up. It was like, I'm like, kids are everywhere teaching them Jesus. They're giving their lives to Christ as kids. We're baptizing kids post-VBS. I mean, it was amazing. We had to do it again this year, and it was awesome. I want to show you this great video on what we did uh, this year for VBS. Check this out. It was awesome. It was awesome.
Come on, give it up for VBS. Isn't that awesome? I just love that. Like all those kids giving their life to Christ. It was in here. It was bananas. I mean, it was like, it was awesome. I know some of y'all like brought your kids. We had kids bring their friends from the neighborhoods. It's a great way to mission, to be evangelistic to the church. I mean, it's awesome. So people came in and some of you started coming attending our church just because your kid came to VBS and you found a life-giving church through the, through the church. It was amazing. Love that. So proud of our kids and our kids team and and Ben and all the team that's back there, it's amazing. If you don't want, I'm telling you, if you want to change the life of somebody, go serving kids. Yeah. Go serving kids. Let me, just, let me just say something real quick, especially if you're a man. If you're a man in here, look, just look, look, listen, listen. Just, real, just give me 30 seconds. Most of us think like kids ministry, like, ah, it's a, like a woman thing. No. Our boys need to see godly men and what they look like. Yeah. Like, the statistics say you're going to give the highest probability of somebody giving their life to Christ is before the age of 18. You could change someone's future in eternity. I'm not asking you to like keep them for a weekend and make sure they stay alive. I'm saying go serve in the weekends with our team. See how amazing it is to help children learn about Jesus. We don't babysit them. We teach them the word of God. It's church at their level. They have fun. It's safe. It's clean. It's an area where we need people to go in there and be a bar. You don't even have to like kids. Do you, I want you to love people. Just go in there and love somebody. Go in there and be, I'm here to help everybody. I want to be, just by the way, Jesus was loved by kids. Jesus loved kids. Kids loved Jesus. And if you want a place to go serve, don't be like, I'm going to go be on the safety team because that's where the men go. Let me just tell you, the manliest thing that you can do for me is go serving the kids. Go be a dad to some of the kids who don't have no dad. Come on. You can go make a life change right now. It's amazing. We supplemented $9,200 for VBS, by the way. Your church, your church wrote a check. They wrote a check to make sure that VBS was amazing, that the kids walked out of there blessed, that the, the, high, the, the, the area and the environment was high level. We invested in kids because kids matter. They're not the future. They're the now. They can make a difference right now. Most churches don't, don't write a check for for pizza. I'm serious. They're just babysat. Keep them out of the way. Seen, not heard. That ain't how we flow here at this church. They're a big deal and we invest in them. Second thing is teens and youth, our youth ministry at Rise Youth. This year we had an average about 30 kids show up weekly at our services midweek. We have middle school kids services show up on Wednesday nights and High school uh, kids show up on Sunday nights. At the, we have them at the Chuck Wagon. It's a little building right over here on the property that we, we have, and we put them in there, and we have a great small group time, and they get to eat. We feed your kids all the time. It's like amazing. You want to grow a big youth ministry? Just put food out there. Honestly, teenagers eat all the time. So they're like, oh, I just had dinner. Okay, I'll have some more. Yeah, that sounds great. Like, it don't matter. So we do that, and we, we serve your kids. But I would say one of the greatest things we did this year for youth ministry was we did um, youth camp. We did uh, teen summer camp here, and I wanted to share with you a, like, a great life-changing story that happened this year for summer camp here at Rise. So check this out. Hi, I'm Aiden, and this year at camp, I had an amazing experience, even though I didn't really want to go. I had a true encounter with the Holy Spirit, and my life truly changed in many ways, and I'm very grateful that I went to camp this year. And I remember this one message we had with a woman named Miss Mia, and she had us take everything that we've ever held against in our heart, and she had us write it all down in a notebook, and I felt like that absolutely just broke me because I just had that time with God where I just, everything went down and I just told him everything and I told him I'm sorry. And I just, I had a moment with him and it truly changed my life. After camp, I felt almost born again because of the encounter I had with the Holy Spirit and the time I got to spend with God and worship and many other things. And I feel like it, it truly changed my life Come on, Rise. Man, I love that. Just, uh, you know, I, I love Aiden, and to see where he is now pre-camp to, compared to where he was pre-camp, it was just amazing to see that life change happen. Like, that's a big deal, guys. Like, that's a big deal. We can't, again, remember what's our issue? What's our danger? We're going to miss it. We can't look at that and go, oh, that's, uh, what's for lunch? No, like, you're in a miracle. 
God's doing something at this church. That's just one of the stories we got to hear. In fact, I got to go preach. They invited me to come preach for the high schoolers this year. And, uh, well, I was like, okay, I'll come preach. And uh, it was, I think we got a picture. Um, yeah, we were preaching at high school camp. And um, I did my, like, best I could. But, again, teenagers are hard to preach at. But God was moving at that summer camp. And God was changing lives. And that was just one story of people. But, but here's what I know about churches as well. Sometimes when they say summer camp, you're going to like a camp that doubles as like a horror flick backdrop, right? <laughs> like you don't know if they're doing summer camp or they're killing people back here. Like what's going on? And so you don't know about the food. And it's not high level. You need to know this. Your pastor cares about your teenagers. So when we actually talked about summer camp, we combined with four other churches that are like-minded or friends of mine. That fact, they preach here on a regular basis. We get together. We go to South Dallas. We rent a high-quality facility. We rent a bunch of rental equipment. We don't even use their stuff because it's not good enough for our churches. Come on, for your kids. We do that. We invest in them. In fact, we don't send them on like, like mini vans, like the little mini, like, you know, like death cabs that you put all kids in there. Like I, we put them in buses, like high level buses so they can get up there safely. We make sure that safety is a high priority. And because of all that stuff, we invested into your kids. We supplemented for summer camp alone, $27,000 just so your kids would be blessed at camp. Like that's a big deal. And you're like, pastor, that's a lot of money. No, 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 no. I do that again I, and twice on Sunday. It matters when kids like Aiden move from not knowing God to knowing God. And now he has a purpose and now he has a plan and now he's going to raise a family and they're all going to love Jesus. Come on, that matters. I'm tired of people talking about changing lives. Talking about they got everybody's talking. Got a whole lot of talkers right now tell you what I think. Stop talking about it and go be about it. Like we, 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 we about the teenagers. We invest in kids. Like I'm excited to be a part of a church that doesn't just look at the teenagers like a, like a side project, keep them out of my life. No, they're big deals. They're the now. And I'm so happy that you're a church that gives to that. Our events, we did uh, several events this year. Christmas Eve, we had 779 people show up. Football Sunday, come on, football Sunday, people. Y'all are wearing your... Da Is Dallas playing right now? Are they playing right now? Y'all so holy. Thank you for coming to church. Every time, no lie, when Dallas plays on Sunday morning at 12 o'clock, our attendance goes down 120 people. Just saying. Should we pray for Dallas, or is, like, is there something that we want? Do we want a score update? I'm just kidding. All right. They're probably winning until the end. Okay, so Easter, Easter. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come back. Come back. Easter, Easter. Uh, we broke a record this last year. We had 1,035 people, greatest attendance we've had in the history of our church. 1,035 people came to Easter. It's going to be amazing. And Mother's Day, we had 746 people. But maybe my favorite uh, event, because it's my wife's event and she's my favorite person, uh, was Illumination. Like, we did a women's event. How many of y'all ladies were at Illumination this year? There's Illumination here. All right, ladies, if you weren't at Illumination, you missed out. You should feel it. Yeah. I'm going to let it be. No, some people are like, oh, don't worry about it. You missed it. No, you missed out. It was awesome. Like we had a, a, just an amazing, uh, a really amazing event. We had no, I'm not, it, it was amazing to see 289 ladies in this facility worshiping Jesus, hearing about the kingdom, getting involved in small groups. It was so amazing. I have to show you a video. Check, check it out. Check it out. I'll show you a recap.
give it up for Illumination, the team. I was so proud of them. They, I mean, it was just amazing to see all that that uh, showed up. It's going to be even, I'm sure they're going to double next year. It, it was, they double every year. It's been amazing to see what God does through our women's ministry here. And um, God did amazing things. What was really cool is that your church, you guys need to know this. We supplemented $21,000 just for that event to happen and to be at a high level. So they go, y'all flowers are expensive. So, I mean, I just, that's amazing. And so um, I'm like, could, it was, it was awesome to see all the ladies and everything that happened. Life change happened that weekend. And it was awesome to see you guys do it. And I'm so proud of my wife. You're awesome, amazing, and you looked powerful. So it was awesome. So um, yeah, it was awesome. Great job, Illumination. Um, missions. I want to talk about missions for our church. So I talked a lot about what we do inside of the four walls of our church. Let me talk to you about what we do outside of the four walls of our church. Because again, if you, don't, if you come to church on Sunday, you don't know this. And, you, and I'm to give you, and we'll be done in just a second. We break up our missions department, our missions giving, and our missions ministry into three parts. We use the scripture that says you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. We use Jerusalem as our local missions. We use Judea and Samaria. If you look at it, was their region, their nation. So we're going to be in the nation. We use the national missions, and then we use the uttermost parts of the earth as the world's missions. So first, local missions. We have six local missions partners. What that means is if you're a partner with us, we support you monthly financially. Everybody say money. Yeah, you know what missions people need? They need money. They need money to actually keep going, to do what they're doing, to do what they're specifically called. And we put the list up there. These are the people that we partner with on a regular basis. This list is always growing. We're always shifting it and adjusting it. But it's amazing to see how many people and how many ministries we're actually able to serve through our local missions. Not only that, local missions and comprises of our national serve day. So we do once a year a serve day where our church gets together as a church and we go serve our community. This year we canceled church on Sunday morning and we left the building, church left the building, like really canceled it. Like we didn't have Sunday morning service. And during Sunday morning service, we went out and bent, we would be in the church. We went out there and served a bunch of places and served a bunch of people, and we did it so well. I'm so proud of you as a pastor. I was so proud to see how many people show up with their red shirts on and go love on the people. In fact, I wanted to show you a great recap video, show you exactly what it was like. Check this out. Come on, give it up for Serve Day. How many of y'all participate in Serve Day? Raise your hand. Come on, y'all with that. Isn't that awesome? That was amazing. You see your picture up there. It's awesome to serve the community. We went out and we were the hands and feet of Jesus. We put our money where our mouth was. We were doing great things. I want you to know we had 304 people show up and to do Serve Day that weekend alone. Isn't that awesome? You can kind of see how it's growing and growing. I can't wait till we keep going. I want 1,000 people on a Sunday morning to go out and serve people. It's going to be amazing, and one day we're going to do that. Nationwide partners. So we, our nationwide ministry strategy is to work through ARC, which is the Association of Related churches. We are an ARC plant, which is a non-denominational church planting organization. All that means is we train churches to plant life-giving churches. And so what we do is we give them money on a regular basis to continue to do that. Last weekend, I highly encourage you to go check out last weekend's message. Pastor Dino Rizzo was here, who's the ARC president, who runs the whole thing. In fact, we, were, we had him here. He was preaching. And then he also we also give a bunch of stats on what ARC does. Go back and check out last weekend. That way you can see what all God does through ARC and through our church. It was amazing. It was honestly amazing. By the way, I didn't say this in the first service. Um, just so you know, you guys give, you guys literally, we sponsor a church family, a, like a brand new starting church pastor who has no money for Christmas. We send them $2,000 to have Christmas from our, isn't that cool? So like it comes from us straight to a church planner. Now that matters a lot to me because I remember what it was like to plan a church and I had less than no money and I had a lot of kids. And so when you can bless somebody like that, it's amazing. So we do that because of your generosity. We're able to do that. And so world missions, we also, um, we have 10 missions, world partners, where we actually go out and anybody inside the world, and we pick the world and we pick by regions and some people help kids, some help 
um, you know, homeless. Some people help those who are in slave trafficking. Some people are help in sex trafficking. Like we really help and actually are the hands and feet of Jesus to help be the, like the, the light in very, very dark places. And so one of the areas that we do, um, we, we, we are partnered with is primarily, and it really matters right now in the nation, in the world, is we partner with Firm, which is King of Kings Ministry International now, and what they do. And we give them, we've been partnering with them for since the inception of our church. And so right now it really, really matters. And I wanted to share with you an update video from them about what's happening in Israel right now. So check this out. Shalom, King of Kings family, friends and partners. Pastor Chad here, just outside of Jerusalem, wanted to give you a few minutes of an update. We have tried to serve those in need uh, by setting up the Israel War Relief Fund. We've been able to feed already 80 soldiers yesterday morning. Today we fed 20 more families that were displaced from the south. They're moving uh, many of the families and cities are closed in the south and the north, pushing people to the center of Israel. We already had a housing crisis shortage, so this is certainly going uh, to stretch our system and our abilities. But we can give a testimony for how good God is. It could be so much worse if God's hand of protection wasn't on his people. And what we're hoping through prayer and your partnership is that many will come to faith even through this tragic time. The hearts are now open. There's a lot of desperation in the country. We bless you for helping us. We've been able to even help some of our Arab communities, our Arab congregations and pastors with some ability. The uh, In many parts of the Arab villages, especially those across the border, they are closing down electricity. They're out of food and water and fuel. They've closed the banks. They will not let people take uh, money out of their own bank account through ATMs. So there's no way to get food uh, if you can't get the money. So we've had to figure out a way to get them both money and food. And by God's grace, this morning we broke through and we were able to get some of those supplies to our Arab congregations. Thank you so much, guys. Listen, King of Kings is doing a lot on the ground here with all of our campuses and leaders who are so faithful, working hard. We certainly couldn't do this without your help. Well, come on, give it up for what they're doing there in Israel. I'm almost done. We're going to wrap it up right now. But I just wanted to say one thing, just, just because I'm a pastor, I'm a local church pastor. If you checked out, check back in. This is really important. Um, if you are a Jesus follower, I'm not even saying if you go to church, if you're religious. If you are a Jesus follower, which I hope that you are, you need to care about Israel. Like, what's happening right now is not political. It's not national. It's demonic. This is a spiritual thing. Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem. Biblically. So, if you were Satan... What's the place that would be consistent in your attack strategy? Israel. Jesus was a Jew. Like, it should matter to you what's happening over there right now. Don't buy into the propaganda machine, which is wildly out of control. What's happening in colleges what's happening in news organizations, what's happening on social media, all of it is demonic. And you can stretch truth to what you want it to be if you want it to be something. You can see things that are not there when they're really not there if you really want to do it. If you are a Jesus follower and you love the Bible, I teach the Bible. Pause. I teach the Bible, not my opinion. I don't teach my thoughts, my feelings. I'm not subject to my heart. I'm subject to the Bible. And I'm subject to the God of the Bible. And if you read the Bible... Jesus cares about Jerusalem. He cares about Israel. You should care about Israel. Yes, you should care about all people. Yes, you should care about Gaza. Yes, you should care about Palestine. But Israel matters. Don't get it twisted. Like, don't fall into the propaganda. Like, we're Jesus people, y'all. We're Jesus people. You're not, before you're an American, you're a Jesus follower. Before you're anything, before you're Republican, before you're a Democrat, you're a Jesus follower. Let me be clear. God cares about Israel. We need to care about Israel. We need to be for them. We need to be with them. We need to be praying about them. And our church gives on a regular basis to them. 
Just don't fall into it. It's easy to get into the, well, what about this? No, it matters. And so for us as a missions organization, as a church, we give $61,000 a year, just this year so far, and we'll give more till the end of the year. $61,000 of your money. Come on, that's, that's something you should clap about, because that's what you did. That's what you did to serve people outside of this church. Now, I'm done. I'm going to end this. What's God going to do? I've been praying and asking the Lord about our vision. God, what do you want for us this next year? What's God going to do? 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 And he sent me this. I mean, like, I'm talking about a day ago. I felt like the Lord gave me this verse to share with you guys. This is what he wants to do this year. Isaiah 54, verse 2. And it says this. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. I like that. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. This is God talking to the people of Israel about what their next step was. That's our four steps this next year that I want you to pray about what God's going to be doing. Number one, it's enlarging our tent. We as a church are going to enlarge our tent. I thought it was interesting that he didn't say go build a building. I thought it was interesting that he said, hey, you're not going to go get established just yet. You're going to still stay a tent. You're just going to be a bigger tent. And I'm like, you know what a tent, all tent is? Set up and tear down. It's portable church. And you need to know this. We're going to enlarge our church. We're not going to enlarge our church so we can have more people. We build big people. Big people want big, big churches. You want to know why? Because if, they did it, if the church did it for you, that means the church can do it for more people. And you should care about empty seats. Not the pastor cares about empty seats. You should care about empty seats. And so you need to know this. Can our church grow? Our church couldn't grow at the, bigger, at the smaller building, but our church can grow here. Statistically, we did all the math for you. We can put 1,000 people in these seats between two services. We can also add 250 kids to between two services. We can have 1,250 people here on a regular basis here at our church with just two services. So we got potential, y'all. We got a potential and we got a step to take. We're going to enlarge our tent. Number two, what we're going to do is we're going to actually stretch our, we're going to stretch, just like he said, stretch the curtains. We're going to stretch you and stretch you out of your comfort zone. God's asking you this year to take a step out of your fear and into your faith. Like you're going to stretch out of what your, your current situation is and into who your potential and your purpose is, which means this. If you already right now are not, you know, you're like afraid of doing something, you don't want to do something, come on, you got to take a step of faith and stretch. We love to stretch people here. We love to get you out of your comfort zone. We like to push you a little bit, like poke you a little bit. Like I know you like this comfort area right here, but we're going to get you moving. We're going to get you stepping because when you step out of your comfort zone every time you stretch come on when you stretch out and when you're working out it never feels good right you like be stretching you're like oh man I'm getting old it always reminds me you're getting old right but you're like stretch you know you're kind of getting the thing why are you doing that so that you have your, you can create opportunity for your potential that's what we're going to do for this church in this next coming year. Uh, we're going to lengthen our cords, which means for us, what are cords? When you tie down a, a tent, when you lengthen, what are the cords? They're the things that actually keep you grounded. So we're going to lengthen, which means we're going to get longer. We're going to get bigger, bitter, better. We're going to get bigger in our cords in the things that tie us down. So if you pray right now for one, one minute, you, I'm telling you, pray for two minutes. You're going to lengthen your cords. If you go to church one time a month, come on, somebody. You're going to come. At least twice a month, you're going to come and be a part. If you come twice a month, you're going to start serving. If you're going to read your Bible for five minutes, you're going to read it for 10 minutes. If you're going to pray with your wife for just once a year, you're going to pray with her twice a year. You're going to lengthen your cords. We got to do that to keep us tied down to the things that matter. And finally, we're going to strengthen our stakes. You know what our stake is? It's our faith in God. I'm asking you this year to move away from your fear. Remember, every time we get stuck in fear or anxiety. We're trying to fix the past. We're trying to control the future. You know how you don't get stuck in any of those? You take a step of faith in the now. God's given you something to take a step of faith in. There's something right now, even in, your, even in what you want to give to our vision offering in just a moment, there's something inside you that says, if I do that, I'm not going to have any money. Sorry, I've just never seen anybody out give God. You can't convince me that's possible. Like, well, if I do that, like I won't have any money, not to God. Last I checked, your bank account wasn't your source. Last I checked, your job wasn't your source. Last time I checked, your retirement wasn't your source. Because, man, in 2008, when all the crash happened and everybody was living large, large before, when the crash happened, everybody who, didn't have a, who had a retirement didn't. And then they were stressed out. But when your source is not your retirement or your stocks or your bank account, when your source is your God who doesn't change, you can take a step of faith. We're going to strengthen our stakes and the reason we're going to do those four steps is because we believe in life change like this. And I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about it.
So we came to RISE about, it's been about two years now, and when we first came to RISE, one of the biggest concerns we had was my son. My son has Down syndrome. He's 11 years old, and it had been such a hard moment coming the season that we were coming out of. Um, and we walked back to the Back to Rise kids. Ben was there to greet us. Um, we even came equipped, like we brought our iPad because that's what we had been accustomed to and went over and handed it to Ben, checked my son in, and Ben asked us, like, what is this for? And I said, well, it's, it's for him. It's, it's for, for him and for you. And he said, no, no, like, we don't do that. Like, we are going to engage your son. Like, he will be a part of the class. He will participate. And I mean, to say that I was a mess is an understatement. My family, we all looked at each other with tears in our eyes. It really changed our lives. It changed how we felt about coming, about being a part of church, and that somebody was going to love my son. It's been two years now, and I cannot tell you the joy that my son has in serving that he is a part of a spiritual family. He's not just the kid that comes and sits. He gets to come and serve. He gets to come and be a part. Um, I like to tell people that he's not on a team. He's on every team and he will help set up. He will help tear down. He will serve donuts and he gets to come and love people. And that has made a difference in my life, in my husband's life and in my son's life. Serving food to the team is where I started. Um, and that allowed me to grow my relationship. It allowed me to heal. It allowed me to be a part of people's lives that I have never imagined. When I say like I get to do this, I mean I get to do this. I get to serve my spiritual family. And even now serving in hospitality, meeting new people, connecting new people. It's one of the things that gives me the most joy is to grab somebody by the hand and help them connect. Being a part of the spiritual family and helping them grow their own spiritual family here at RISE. We're so thankful for Pastor Aaron, for the leadership here at RISE, and all that they have done to equip and empower us and to help us make a difference. That's amazing, and we are so excited. So excited. It's been quite a journey, I think, to say the least, to see what God has been doing. He put in our hearts this church and you step out in faith, right, as a couple, as a Christian, as a believer of Christ, and you really have to just say, okay, God, this is all you, right? And the ups and downs, he's shown himself faithful. He has shown up and shown out. And I believe with all my heart that each and every one of us is in here on purpose. It's not a mistake that you're here right now at this time in your life. It's not a mistake that you got invited in or You've been coming for a couple of years now because God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your marriage. He has a plan for your children. He has a plan for you as a daughter and a son. And it's an honor. And we just want to say thank you for walking with us as we journey in building God's house. And he's going to be moving continuously. And, and, and we are excited for the future. Yeah. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to take part in our miracle offering moment. And so if you're a guest with us, this is obviously not for you. This is for our family of our church. We hope you're blessed today. But if you're a family member, this is what we're asking you to do. We asked you for the last couple of weeks to pray, seek the Lord, and see what God would do through you. And so last, um, we, we shared with you about uh, our kind of like our our need and what we were asking for. Last year, we spent a total of $285,000 of vision fund um, to do all the things that we talked about over and above our tithes and offerings, over and above what God's doing inside of our church. And that's what we spent this year. We did that. We were able to do all those things and share. I shared with you all that to let you know we do that on purpose. We did that intentionally because we were able to do that because of miracle offering services like this. We were able to do that and we were a part. Last year, we took up a vision offering and we brought in um, around $90,000, um, $91,500 last year. And uh, we believe, and we were a smaller church then. We were we were not the size we were. We were in a smaller facility. We were not where we were now. We believe God's gonna do something big. So we've been praying about it as a staff and as a church. We believe that this year's miracle offering faith step for us as a church is $300,000. We believe God is gonna do amazing things. 
that's what we're believing for today. That's what we're going to get out of our fear and get into faith. And so my wife and I, we prayed about it and uh, we always pray separately. And then we come together and we kind of like one, two, three, tell the number. And it's all, we've always said the same number. And uh, this year it was like double what we've ever given to a church in our life. And I'm like, I was hoping you would say something different. You know, you're like a little lower, right? But she was right on it. And it scared me. It scared her. It, it scared us a little bit because we're like, we don't know what's going to happen. If blah, 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 blah. And we're like, no, God said it. That settles it. And we're going to take a step of faith and believe God. This is good soil to go, that we can put, place our seed in. And so we, um, we're, we're going to give like you guys as well. And so there's an offering envelope on each of your chairs. You can give through your offering envelope. In fact, if you want to give through a credit card, you can do that safely and securely. When you close the flap, it covers the information. Then our accounting department we actually process it and we shred it. So it's safe. We've always done that. We've never had an issue. But if you'd rather give online, you can do that. You can see all the ways to give in our screen here in just a second. Just go to our website or you can go to our app or you can text your number and then you can text. You can actually have and just check the vision spot for our offering and all the all the giving that's going to go this week is going to go to vision anyway. So, um, but you can give safely and securely there. And if you do give online, take your offering envelope because we're going to bring our offering to the Lord in just a moment. We don't do that on the weekend service. We never pass the buckets. We never do anything like that. But this, every year we do this, we get up out of our step as a step of faith and we bring our offering to the Lord. And so we're going to do that. We're asking you to do that. But if you give online, take your offering envelope and just write, I, I gave online and you can go ahead and put it in the offering. And uh, you can be a part of that symbolic gesture with your family. Um, what I'm going to do now is we're going to pray. And then once the band starts singing, you can come up. But there's time. You can sit there and pray if you need to. You can write it out, fill it out. Don't feel rushed. And then bring it up as soon as you can and place it in the offering. And then we'll close out service. But before we do that, let's stand up on our feet. Everybody here at Rise Church, I'd like to, um, my wife and I, we like to hold hands. And then I, I, I just show it to God. I kind of lift my offering up because I want God to be blessed. And I want it to be his. And, and so we're going to pray over our offering. And then we'll get into that giving part. So let's pray. Father, we love you, God. Lord, I thank you that right now, Lord, you're going to do something with this. It's better in your hands than it is in my hands. Lord, this is good soil. We can plant a good seed, God, and see a harvest. Thank you for what you're doing in Rise. Thank you for what you've done in Rise. But we know the best is yet to come. We know that, God, you're going to share and you're going to do amazing things. You're going to do great things through this. God, we consecrate this gift to you. We give you this offering. We give sacrificially today more than we can ever think about doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, amen.